0: Welcome to the World War II Radio Podcast. The goal of this podcast is to present the original radio broadcast from 80 years ago during the days of the war, with the occasional more recent radio program about the war. Today we have Prep Joe, an episode of The Man Behind the Gun. This episode aired on February 12, 1944. The Man Behind the Gun aired over CBS from 1942 to 1944. It traumatized real-life instances of heroism in the war. Jackson Beck, best known as the announcer for radio's Adventures of Superman, was the narrator for the series. The World War II Radio Podcast is a Brick Pickle Media production. If you like the show, please leave feedback on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. You can find more on our website at brickpicklemedia.com slash podcast where you can find links to past episodes and other information. So thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode of the World War II Radio Podcast.
1: Columbia Broadcasting System presents The Man Behind the Gun, dedicated to the fighting forces of the United States and the United Nations, and broadcast in the hope that these authentic accounts of men at war will bring you a better understanding and deeper appreciation of the job our fighting men are doing on every battlefront in the world, and the job we have to do to back their attack with an extra war bond.
2: The Columbia Broadcasting System is pleased to announce and grateful to accept the decision of Billboard Magazine's Radio Editors Poll, which this week voted The Man Behind the Gun the top documentary program of the year. This is the third such citation The Man Behind the Gun has received from the Radio Editors of America, in addition to the George Foster Peabody Award as the outstanding dramatic program of last year. We who are charged with the responsibility of presenting this program to you each week are deeply thankful for this recognition which, in the final analysis, reflects the choice of you, the listener.
1: During the past year and a half, The Man Behind the Gun has covered nearly every aspect of the global war which our boys are fighting. But some of these broadcasts seem to be more memorable than others, and we are constantly receiving requests from you to repeat them. One of these is Prep Joe. A story of the PT boats in the South Pacific, which we originally broadcast last May. Many of you since then have asked to hear it again. And so tonight, the man behind the gun is the skipper of a motor torpedo boat, a PT named Prep Joe.
2: coming in, and it's raining cats and dogs. You're on the open bridge, and the rain runs off your cap and drips down the back of your neck. Along the river on each side, the jungle presses down in a tangled mass. Great mangrove roots coil and twist like floated snakes all along the shore. Your quartermaster looks at you questioningly.
3: Think this is it, sir? Yes, I'm quite sure. Our base should be around the bend. Tell everybody to stand by for an app. We're coming in.
4: Stand by for an app! We're coming in. in, in you
2: can in see it now. Your base. Just the way they said it would be. You round a bend in the river, and then there's this clearing and a collection of the lousiest looking tumble-down shacks anybody could ever hope to see. That's it. Motor Torpedo Boat Base Number X. Affectionately called the Times Square Yacht Basin.
3: Blow four, Grab. Let's wake up the joint. Hi, aye, aye, sir. Throttle down. Hi, sir.
4: Stand by the lines.
2: Now, up ahead in the clearing, you see the door of the biggest hut open and a crowd of guys peering out into the rain. They wave casually. Some men run down to the wharf and stand there, waiting to catch your mooring lines as you come in.
3: Right, brother. Left a little. Easy does it. All back full. Cut engine. Cut engine.
4: Heed your
2: lines You feel pretty good You came in nice and pretty with all those guys watching you A nice start You hope they saw how smooth your crew handles the boat Plenty of zip and polish Neat but not gaudy Wreck Regan you think You're a seagull and son of a gun And you jump ashore and slog through the mud Up to the officers quarters
3: Which one of you is Lieutenant Farron The squadron leader That's me Ensign Charles Regan reporting for duty sir Glad to see you Mr. Regan Come on in Meet the boys. That's Lovejoy, Quinn, Tarplin, Haynes, Carney, Tip Letty, and
4: Backus.
3: Glad to know you guys. How about some Joe and a sandwich, Regan? Hey, you're talking my language.
2: You practically live on sandwiches in the torpedo boat fleet. There isn't much time or space or facility for eating anything else. So you have a sandwich and some coffee. And you look over the men you'll be working with. They've broken up now into groups. Some are playing poker, a few are batting their gums in a corner. Two of the men are playing checkers. One of them shivers violently from time to time.
3: Hey, what's the matter with that guy? Got the palsy or something? Dengue
2: fever. You'll get it, too, sooner or later. We've all had it. So that's what dengue fever does to you. You've heard about it, and about the other sicknesses that come out of the jungle on every wind that blows. You look at your squadron mates carefully now. And now you begin to notice things. They're thin, all of them. Almost emaciated. Their uniforms, what's left of them, hang in folds. And their faces are lined and tired and nervous. That's it. They all look nervous. You look at Farron. His face is lined the same way. He sees you looking at him and he smiles a little and reads your thoughts.
1: Yeah. It's a tough
3: grind. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, well, you can relax now. You guys have all had your turn at being heroes. Now it's my turn. What was that historic remark, glamour pants? <laughs> I said it's about time you guys gave somebody else a chance at being a hero. Whoa. Does that mean that you don't want to be a hero? It means that I want to be alive. I've had the Battle of the Pacific so long I can taste it. Give me a crack at the Battle of Broadway. That's all I want to no. know. It's a good thing everybody doesn't feel that way. You give me a pain. A big pain. Terrible big. In fact, you give me the biggest pain I can ever remember having. Lay off, Hacker. I won't lay off. I'm getting fed up with these college boy heroes who come out here yammering for glory and a chance to win the war single-handed. Guys that think the war is some kind of a summer extension course at one of the better universities. Why don't you lie down someplace? You'll find out, Glamour Boy. You'll learn what war is like. The only master degree you get out here is a bullet hole in the head. You'll find out that B.T. boats aren't as glamorous out here as they are in the Hudson River when you're riding up and down waving at the girls along the drive. Heroes. Nobody feels like a hero with a machine gun popping off at him. You know, this coffee's excellent. Okay. Put the chill on me. Feed me the ice cubes like they taught you at Yale or Harvard or Dartmouth or wherever you went to school. I went to CCNY myself. I guess that makes me a lowbrow jerk by your standards, but you remember what I tell you. Remember me saying this. One of these days, Glamour Pence, you're going to wake up out here and realize the war is something more than a high-class football game for nice boys from good families. Take it easy, Tommy. Take it easy. Uh, I had to get it off my chest, George. I've been sweating it out all day. I'm going to hit the sack now. I'm sorry I popped off. Regan, I apologize shake. Okay, I don't blame you. Good night, everybody. Good night. 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 Uh, Don't pay too much attention to Hackett, Regan. He didn't mean anything personal. He was shouting at the world. What's the matter with him? Is he yellow? Yellow? No, Hackett isn't yellow. He's had the fever pretty bad, and he's sweating it out more than usual, but no, he isn't yellow. You see, Regan, his best friend got picked off by a Jap destroyer about a week ago. You're taking his place.
2: So that's how it is the first night. Not a terrific start by any means. But you don't lose any sleep over it. You've met soreheads before. The next day it stopped raining... That means you'll be going out on a sweep come sundown. The boat's in first-class condition, and you've got a wonderful crew. No reason why you can't go out and pick off a Jap destroyer tonight. You hope you do, because you're teamed up with Hackett, and you want to show him. Late that afternoon, you get your instructions from Lieutenant Farron. They're brief and to the point. Take it easy this first
3: time out, Reagan. Watch Hackett in the long time and do what he does. If you spot anything, don't be too anxious about knocking it off until you see what the whole situation is.
1: Good luck, mister.
2: Thank you, sir. You go down to the dock where the prep Joe waits for you. Long and sleek looking. Hackett is already aboard the Long Tom. He waves at you briefly and impersonally. You wave back the same way and then get down to business.
3: Wind him up. Stand by to get underway. Wind him up. Stand by to get underway.
2: Now your exhaust are spitting blue smoke, rippling the oily water. You look over at the long tom as it moves slowly away from the dock, churning up a white, creamy weight. You're next.
4: Stand by your line. Ready, right, sir. Let's
5: go aft. Aye, aye. Let's go forward. All ahead slow. Hard right rudder. Hard right rudder it is, sir. Steer on the lead boat. Aye, aye, sir. Following the lead boat.
2: Slowly you wind your way down the river behind the long tom to the open sea. It doesn't take long. And just as the night comes down like somebody pulling a shade, you reach deep water. The long tom up ahead digs her stern down and begins throwing up a bow wash. Hackett is opening up.
4: Open her up, grab. Aye, aye,
2: Skipper. You're on your way now. You smell the heavy night air, and it's like perfume. The offshore wind brings you an intoxicating scent of flowers. The huge blossoms that cover the tops of the trees like a blanket. So far, it's the best war you've ever been in. go by. You're about a hundred miles from your base now, cruising up and down behind the long tom. You haven't seen anything, and you've got an idea Hackett is deliberately avoiding trouble because you're new on the patrol. You're debating with yourself whether or not you should call him on the TBS, the Interbolt radio, and ask him about it point blank, when your radio man comes up and pulls your trouser legs to get your attention.
3: What is it, Sparks? Long tom on the pipe, Skipper. I want to talk to you. Okay. Give me the can. You
2: clamp the earphones over your cap and grab the mic.
3: Hello, Long Tom from Prep Joe. Acknowledge.
5: Hello, Prep Joe. This is Hackett on the Long Tom. Are you on, Regan?
3: Yeah, Hackett. Go ahead.
5: There's an enemy force of some kind about four or five miles ahead. Probably transports to Guadalcanal. I'm
3: going in to investigate. Will you follow me? Certainly. Shall I muffle up?
5: Yeah, good idea. Let's go in now. Not too close until we see what's what. Okay. Okay. Right.
3: Keep both feet on the deck, sailor. Oh. Roger. Okay, Sparks, come through. Better get to your gun. We're going in. Oh. Aye, aye, sir.
4: Man your battle stations. All hands put on life jackets. Pass the word. Man your battle stations. All hands,
3: life jackets. Heldman. Aye, sir. Signal engine room to close mufflers. Aye, aye, sir.
2: Now the P.T.'s motors are muffled as it tracks the enemy. And you're trying to bore a hole through the darkness ahead for the first glimpse of him. It's tough. It's as black as the inside of a motorman's hat. The long time shears off now, and the two boats run along through the night about 200 yards apart. The machine guns are manned now, and their ugly snouts move restlessly this way and that as the men limber them up. Grab Riley comes back and stands at your elbow.
3: How we doing, Grab? Okay, Skipper. Seen anything? Huh?
2: Not yet. You keep looking out through the night, watching for the telltale silver streak of a ship's wake. Or the looming bulk of a vessel silhouetted against the starlighted sky, and then finally you see a dark blot against the white shoreline.
4: There he is. Stand by the torpedoes. Aye aye, sir. Stand Hadn't
2: we ought to
3: wait for the long time, skipper? Why, wait? we could fall on our face from waiting. Stand by your guns. Aye aye, sir. Signal engine room to open mufflers. Aye aye, sir. Steering collision carc- course. Carc- collision
2: course to that, sir. Now the prep show opens up and leaps through the water like a scared minnow. The sudden acceleration nearly yanks your arms out of their sockets as you grab onto the handrails. Now you'll show them. You'll show them all. Now look over at the Long Tom. Hackett is hanging back, and you grin to yourself. No good.
4: How far, Graham? How far away is he now? About 2,000 yards? A little more, maybe, Skipper. Okay, keep her as she goes. We're right on. You're
2: alone now, alone in the night. You've left the Long Tom behind, and you stare fiercely at the ugly black folk ahead. It's your baby, all yours. Then suddenly the whole universe lights up in a blinding glare. Search light! Long beams of light snake out from the enemy ship and catch the trapped Show in their glare. The boat starts twisting and turning desperately, trying to shake off those fingers of light. You're in trouble now. Something's gone wrong. Everybody is fumbling around, trying to hang on and not knowing what to do. Now you see flashes of light all along the counter of the enemy ship. They're shooting at you. Shoot out their lights!
4: Get their lights! Come on, come on, open up! Too far, they too far Then we're going closer! Get back on a collision course! Aye, aye, sir!
2: Up now. All you can think of is getting in close enough to do some damage before the Jap brackets you. The boat straightens out now and bears down on the enemy ship. This is the end of the line, you are thinking. This is where you get off. Only a miracle can save you now. And then it happens. Out of the blackness ahead, another torpedo boat speaks across between you and the enemy ship. It's the long tom pouring out a heavy trail of smoke. He's laying down a smoke screen ahead of you and her gunners are raking the Jap's deck. One by one, the enemy starts right to wink out pitch black again and you don't waste any time getting out
4: of there. Hold the home. Let's get out of here. Close mufflers. Aye, aye, sir.
2: Closing mufflers. You're breathing heavy and your shirt sticks to your back. It was a pretty close thing there. The boat slackens speed now with the mufflers closed. You throttle down to a crawl waiting for the long tom to clear through the smoke screen. Crab and two of the boys are swarming over the boat looking for bullet holes. And there are plenty of them. It was a pretty close thing. If it hadn't been for Long Tom and Hackett, you feel pretty low down.
3: Spots, see if you can raise the Long Tom. Aye, aye, sir. Hello? Hello, Long Tom from Prep Joe. Come in, Long Tom. Long Tom from Prep Joe, come in. Okay, Skipper, he's on. Hello, Long Tom, this is Regan. Are you on Hackett?
5: Yeah, Regan. How did you make out? Are you sure not much?
3: Some, not much. Nobody hurt, thank heaven. I I don't know what to say.
5: Forget it. Things happen like that every once in a while. It was my fault, anyhow.
3: I will see how but you can... It was,
5: though. I should have warned you about that dirty buzzard. He comes down every once in a while trying to pick us off. He's a destroyer and he's got more lights than the Christmas tree. I should have told you about him. He just loves P.T. boats. I threw a couple of torps at him going by. Think you hit him? No, it was going kind of fast. Never mind, one of these nights we'll get him.
3: Yeah, yeah, okay. Look, Hackett, I... I owe you an apology and a rising vote of thanks.
5: Forget it. I'll see you when we get home.
3: Okay. Maybe you'll give me another crack at that handshake you offered me. That's
5: a deal. Now let's go home. Long time home.
3: Huh? Prep Joe, Roger.
2: been two months now since you came out. You're a veteran, an old-timer. The Prep Joe is getting to be a pretty tired boat. Plenty of patches in her and blood on the deck here and there. Three of your men have been wounded in various shooting scrapes. You have two Jeff transports and a patrol boat to your credit, plus three doses of fever and a couple of bouts of gippy tummy. You've lost nearly 20 pounds. You're a PT boat veteran. And you've learned how to play poker, You play it every day, all day long, while you're waiting for sundown and a crack at the Japs. It's cost you dough learning how to play.
3: That's, uh, two hundred and eighty-nine thousand bucks you owe me, Chumley. Will you take an I.O.U., Uncle Shylock? Is that any good? Just as good as the paper I'm gonna write it on. Hand me that roll, son. Okay, but hurry it up. I.O.U. Two hundred eighty-nine thousand bucks. Charles Regan, Lieutenant J.G. USNR. Hey, Farron. Thanks. Okay, uh, see you later. Okay, Hack, deal them out. The next couple of hundred thousand dollars worth is gonna be different. Says you. You and
2: Hackett are inseparable friends now. Let Joe and the long time work together all the time. All day long you play poker together. And then when the night comes, you prowl the ocean off Savo Island looking for business. Most of the time you're hunting blindly, but once in a while you get advance notice on a Jap concentration of ships.
3: Well, boys, here's today's daily double from commanding officer Tulagi base. Intelligence reports twenty possible enemy vessels, twelve miles north of Point Y on a southerly course, high speed. That's all the information we have, but it's enough. We have eleven boats in the flotilla fit for action. All of them will go. We'll get underway exactly 1,830. Be aboard and ready to shove off at 1,815. That's all, and good luck.
2: It's nearly dark when you turn over the engines. The tons River winds away down to the sea like a silver road.
3: Take in one and two, four and a half.
2: This is an old story to you now. There's none of the excitement you used to get out of shoving off from the dock when you first came out. This is routine now.
4: Slow speed ahead.
1: Left rudder. Left rudder she is,
2: sir. It's getting cold as the night comes down. You shiver a little from the fever, and your ears buzz endlessly from the quinine.
1: Keep her as she goes.
2: All hands put on life jackets and man battle sticks. It's like that now. Routine. All the way down the river to the sea. One P.T. boat after another like a brood of ducklings following Mama to the feeding grounds. Your feeding grounds are off Sabo Island. And you don't care if you never get there. You don't care one way or another. You just wish the flowers in the jungle had stopped stinking up the joint the way they do. They give you a headache now. It's nearly midnight. midnight. You've been out three hours, and you're getting tired. Your legs ache at the hip joint and knee from the endless pounding of the boat underfoot. It's pitch black, and the only other PT boat you can see is the long Tom 100 yards ahead. The others are out of sight in the immense blackness all around. You've got a headache. Bad. You throw a couple of aspirins down your throat and wash them down with a container of coffee. It's a lousy night like all the others. And then the radio opens up.
5: Jones, start.
2: Hello, Farron. What's up? number
3: of enemy ships are coming through between Sambo Island and the point. Stand by to intercept. Wilco. Right. Pass the word to Long Tom. Good luck. Same to you, Chief. Prep Joe over north. Sparks. Yeah, Skipper? Tell the Long Tom to follow us in. We're going in through the channel. Aye, aye, sir. All hands, man your guns, stand by torpedoes. Grab. Aye, sir. Come right to 352 and steady up. Close mufflers, right.
4: Three five two, sir. Closing mufflers,
2: sir. The boat heels over now and starts out on a new course, heading for the channel between Savo Island and Cape Esperance. After a minute or so, the Long Tom heels over and follows you in. You're on your way. A half hour goes by and then dimly you can see the wake of a big ship about three miles ahead. You pick up the phone. Long Tom from Prep Joe. Yon Hack? Yeah,
5: Prep Joe.
3: You. you see what I see?
5: Looks like a chap all
3: right. Yeah, more than that. Looks like that destroyer I went in on the night you saved my bacon. Remember?
5: Like it was yesterday. Want to take another
3: crack at him? Sure thing. What do you say? Anything to
5: pass the time away. It'll be rough,
3: though. Yeah, but we have to get past him to take a whack at the transports. How about it?
5: Let's go. Keep both feet on the deck,
3: Salad. Same to you. Prep Joe over north. Okay, grab. We're going in. You all set? Yeah, sure, skip. For any time. Very well. We're close to about a 1,000 before we open the mufflers and run her down. How far off is she now? About 2,500, would you say? Ah, just about. we better get in closer than that. Okay. We'll feed them two fish and save the others for the transports. Stand by.
2: Silently, the two PT boats bear down on the Jap destroyer, moving slowly through the sea so as not to throw up a betraying wake of white water. The minutes go by. They seem like Hours. About a 1,000 yards now, Skipper. We're in a good position. Maybe we ought to let go
3: now. Let's go in close and make sure we hit him a real belly full. Come right a little on the helm. Right. Stand by to fire two torpedoes forward.
4: One torpedo, standing by, sir.
3: 950 yards now, Skipper. We better lead him another five degrees. Come right to zero, 030. Zero.
4: Steering zero, 030, zero, sir.
3: 900, sir. Okay, here we go.
2: Open both boom! Now you're going in for the kill. The PT leaps through the water, shuddering from stem to stern as the three great engines dig into the sea. Larger and larger, the gap destroyer looms across the narrowing expanse of water. A searchlight comes on, peeling through the night frantically. So far, they haven't picked you up. The gap closes fast.
4: 750 yards, get back. Hang on! I'm gonna fire! 700 now. Fire one! Fire two! Right! right, let's haul out! High, right, get her! one look, they're in the long town!
2: Swivel around for a look. The searchlights are right on the long Tom now, and Hackett is twisting and turning desperately, trying to lose them. Now the destroyer opened fire. Hot red tracers clear the sky, and all around the long Tom, the sea puffed up and slouched. Some of the stuff must have hit home, because Hackett's boat begins to lose weight. You make up your mind. Emergency! destroyer's water lines. One of your torpedoes head home, but the gap keeps firing at the long tom, which is lying dead in the water now. You'll come racing in with a smoke screen trailing out in billows behind you and cut in between the destroyer and Hackett's boat to screen him off. Now, of your can! Pick off those lights! Close enough for the fifties to go to work and the boys pick off the search lights one, two, three. You go by the destroyer at forty knots and you can see that she's done for. The gap has split open from field to counter and is beginning to roll over, the men are jumping into the sea and away fast and the smoke screen blankets off the sinking ship. It's all over. You head back to the Long Tom which is burning now and you start working the CPS.
4: Long Tom from Prep Joe. Hello Long Tom come in. Hello Prep Joe this is the Long Tom the Where's Hackett? Where's your skipper? He never knew what had him sir. Dead? Hackett's dead? Yes sir. They got out with some though. Oh I see. That first salvo. Yes, sir. That's for a cell. Very well. Get off your boat before that fire gets to the gas tanks. Abandon ship. Aye, aye, sir. What about the... Leave him there. Leave him there.
2: We stand off the long tom for a while, watching it burn and picking up its crew one by one. All except Hackett. Gradually, the long tom settles lower and lower in the water, and then the fire reaches the tanks and explodes with a brilliant burst of flame. For a minute, you're blinded by the glare. When you can see again, there isn't anything left on the surface. The night is black once more. Other boats besides the Long Tom were lost that night, and quite a few men besides Hackett. A few weeks later, the replacements come in, healthy-looking guys with nice, clean uniforms, all bright and young and eager. Their eyes go over you curiously, and you suddenly realize that you haven't shaved for a couple of days, and your uniform hangs on you and folds. You've lost a lot of weight, and your hands tremble from the fever as you deal out a hand of poker. The new guys sit at the table in the corner, watching everything and talking to Farron. You see one of them look at you and then lean over and say something in a low voice to Farron. Suddenly you're angry.
3: Come on, give me those cards and I'll deal. To take all night. Okay, skipper. Tomorrow night you can go out. You'll uh, with with Regan. Roger, sir. Wilco. I can't wait to get out there and take a crack at them. You guys have been getting all the glory long up. Now it's our turn to be heroes. Nuts. You, uh... Talking to me? Yes, I'm talking to you, Glamour Pants, and I said nuts. Who's in this hand? Count me in. What's wrong with wanting to be a hero? Not a thing, Glamour boy. It's a very commendable ambition. But you get over it. I never want to get over it. Never. Oh, nuts.
2: That's how it is in the P.T. fleet. These men who live in the jungle by day and prowl the sea by night have no illusions left, no sense of heroism. They don't like the mud and fever of the jungle or the treacherous currents of the sea any more than you would. But they have a job to do. And they do it. Day after day. Night after night. Would that we all could say
1: the same. All incidents in this broadcast are based upon fact. The names used, however, are wholly fictitious, and any similarity to those of actual individuals in the armed forces is coincidental. The Man Behind the Gun is produced and directed by William N. Robeson. Tonight's script was written by Randall McDuke. Jackson Beck is the narrator, and the original musical score is composed and conducted by Van Cleen. In and again next week at the same time for another dramatic reproduction of the war your men are waging around the world. And remember, there are only three days left to buy that extra bond in the fourth war loan, the invasion loan. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting
4: System.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the World War II Radio Podcast. We hope these old-time radio programs entertain and help you learn more about what Americans experienced during the war Eighty years ago. Be sure to visit brickpicklemedia.com/podcasts for past episodes and more information.